Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Hey guys. Hi. Welcome back to Highly Enthused, the podcast where we dig up all the cool things in the world so you don't have to. I know, it's arduous, it's exhausting. It's terrible. I hate it. (laughs) Why did we start this podcast? (laughs) So what have you been doing this week, McComas? I've been cutting out the word just from my vocabulary. Brutal. Yeah, I have snipped it out of my emails. Okay, tell me about this. Well, I feel like it's a really demeaning word. That's one of those filler words that Mm. women use to make their requests seem less dominating. Just want to flag, just checking in. Hey, sorry, don't want to bother you. Just wondering. Yeah, just wondering if you've got my message or if we're still on for that meeting tomorrow. Ask the question, nothing else. Hey, are we still on for that meeting tomorrow? Yeah. That is perfectly polite and still cheery. Still cheery. We're not cutting out the exclamation marks. We're not animals. I don't want people to think I hate them. (laughs) No, but I'm just like, you don't need it. It makes whatever you're saying seem small and it's a cushion you just don't need. Okay. Getting rid of cushions in the verbal sense. Watch this space. Mm -hmm. So aside from that, I don't know. I feel like I've been in a bit of a funk recently. I feel like I'm in the time of my life that feels quite similar to the point where you leave university and start work and your friends have started work at a different time to you. Maybe they finish their course early Mm -hmm. or whatever. Everyone's finishing at different times. And then they're really busy suddenly between like, yeah, between all the times. It's a funny transitory time, which I'm just feeling right now in this space of being married. We got married six months ago and a lot of my friends started to have kids, which has been an incredible joy. And I love all my friends' kids bring so much happiness to see mm. people I love having such awesome children. But it's not really on the, like in my immediate future right now. Like I'm not yeah. in that space, but I'm not, I'm not single either. And I'm not untethered. Yeah. And I, I just feel like I'm in this weird limbo of just finding really hard to like relate to anyone. <laughs> and I don't know. I just feel like I've, I worked really hard in the past two years and I've just been like head down blinkers on work, 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 which has been awesome and so satisfying and in so many ways and has built a lot of incredible relationships in my life. But I kind of just looked up from that recently, like (laughs) over the past few months and have just been like, oh, like, I feel like my gang's gone. Like, where's the gang at? Yeah. Just that really tight group of friends where you have everything in common. You would drop past their houses and you know that that would be fine. Yeah would say yes to midweek dinners, would say Mm. yes to like drinks, would say yes to like traveling down to Melbourne on a whim in the car, just fun, spontaneous things and totally get it. It's, it's hard, but I, I don't know. I'm just haven't, I feel like I don't have my people like (laughs) sometimes. You just feel like you're out of sync, like the rhythm. Just out of sync. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it it won't last forever and it'll be fine, but I'm just feeling at the moment. Yeah. I'm feel like my gang is more or less where I've left it but I've wandered onto yeah. another planet it's kind of like I don't know not the opposite but I've been going through this weird feeling of feeling like a teenager again instead of feeling like tethered but like no one's around which I get which I it's kind of a little bit like that because you know most of my friends are in long-term relationships either married or you know living with their partners and settled and I'm very suddenly not <laughs> which is just 
like you sort of realize how much life is built around that even I'm just like hey who wants to go out and everyone's like yeah I mean you come out with me yeah like we have each other and that is incredible (laughs) I'm very thankful yes (laughs) guys we spend a lot of time together um (laughs) so we started the podcast but not even just like in the sense of like oh I have all this free time now when I had my my holiday it was like the first long stretch of unstructured time I'd had in a while and I literally was like listening to lots of moody music and playlists and like walking through London like when I used to put my disc bin in flashback everyone (laughs) down I'd walk down to the park and like sit on the hill and look out and like think about life I'm literally doing that now I literally did that on Sunday I went and sat on the headland and looked at the ocean and like thought about like what I want to be when I like grow up (laughs) because that's where I'm at right now or like what's my identity and what do I want to do and who do I want to be? And like, do I like these things about myself and what do I want to change? And it's just, it's been really weird. There wasn't like something that happened in the first few months of grieving and like this whole adjustment period. I even said to my therapist, I was like, I'm weirdly surprised that this grief thing like keeps changing and doing new things to me. And he's like, seriously, it's been eight months. Like it's not, it's not like it's been two years. And even then like it's going to keep changing. But yeah, it's been very intense and kind of nice and kind of weird but it just feels like I'm on a different planet to everyone else yeah it's just a bit like that yeah in the interim between like brutally staring at the ocean um I've also just been eating a lot of pasta I literally cooked you pasta for dinner tonight it's a balm that soothes us both (laughs) from the inside and also baths I have been taking a lot of baths the best so cold it's okay summer will come again everyone we won't whinge about winter forever <laughs> all right okay i think we've we've preambled enough what god you... trying to bring the moo back up here with kimchi scallion noodles yeah delicious tell me about them yes my eat this week it's not pasta but it kind of is <laughs> i wanted to shout out to my friend kate mcinerney who lives in the uk who totally prompted me to make this after i saw that she had on her instagram and i instantly went out and bought all the ingredients <laughs> It is Bon Appetit's kimchi udon noodles with scallions or uh-huh. spring onions if you're in Oz. It's probably the most ideal solo dining thing. Oh. So the udon noodles I bought fresh in the mm. packet. So they're those really thick, gelatinous, chewy ones. chewy ones. You sizzle a bunch of kimchi in a whole bunch of butter so it gets a bit caramelized not what i expected really enjoying that that's what you fried in (laughs) yeah so much butter in this recipe and then you add my favorite thing gochujang so that really pumps up the umami spice Mm -hmm. you toss your udon noodles in there and some stock and kind of like drag it all around in this glossy spicy seriously savory sauce then you add a little bit more butter to that just to like (laughs) good i mean yes just to emulsify all together. Then you put it into a bowl, sprinkle the whole things with sesame seeds, bunch of chopped spring onion, and you add an egg yolk. This is like all your favorite things. I know. This is your ideal meal. It's delicious. And it takes like 15 minutes. I do love a solo dining experience that can be prepared in under 20 minutes. Yeah, it's got to be quick and easy. Yeah. What about you? What are you eating this week? Well, kind of keeping with the theme, I went and had yakitori with you. You were also there with two of our other friends, Em and Nikki, at Euripi in Crow's Nest. So good. So if you're not from Sydney, we actually crossed the Harbour Bridge on a Friday night and went north, which... As someone who's from the North Shore, I'm allowed to say, it's not something I would normally bother doing. <laughs> but 
This was seriously fucking good. It was like being in Japan. It was so delicious. So the winner was, what's the name of it? It's the chicken meatball. Sukune. Sukune. So it's this chicken meatball. It's like, I think like sweet soy. It's got like a whole bunch of flavors in there. But they serve it in this little bowl with a 63 degree egg. And so you dip the meatball into the egg. There's like soy and it's delicious, like kind of sweet and amazing. And then we had these grilled rice balls that we dipped into the eggy soy mixture at the end, which was also delicious. My second favorite was the shiitake mushroom one because they're like so meaty. It was Mm. like sweet soy sauce and really sticky. And then there was that spinach with sesame dressing, which was also a weird hit. Really enjoyed that. But the main thing to go for is the food on the sticks. Get a, was it the Hitachi white ale? Yep. Delicious. A yuzu soda. Pretend you're in Japan, except no one's smoking inside. That's the one plus. So yeah, if you're in Sydney, go to Yakutori at Euripi, Crow's Nest. It's just just on the other side of the bridge. I promise you it's worth it, guys. Okay, what have you read, watched, or listened to this week? So mine's a podcast recommendation this week. It is the Extremes podcast by Vice Australia. I haven't heard of this one. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. I actually wanted to shout out to fellow podcaster Lee Tran Lam. She put this on her Facebook page and I the title alone just made me save it in my podcast's app straight away. How it feels to survive a plane crash. Oh, Jesus. No, thank you. I know. And I have a real phobia of flying like did this help i know but i haven't also like fetish for plane content oh so you like to hurt yourself good to know (laughs) it's really weird okay so how how was this episode for you so it's a new podcast by vice about people who have lived through extraordinary situations i'll just read a couple of the show titles because they're quite amazing the man who awoke from a coma speaking chinese i assume he didn't go into the coma speaking (laughs) chinese there's a lot of assumptions in there The firefighter who was caught lighting bushfires. The man who mailed himself from the UK to Australia. And I have listened to that. That is an awesome episode. But I listened to this episode. It's the story of Annette Herfkins, who was the sole survivor of a Vietnamese Airlines plane crash, which, this is seriously my nightmare, hit severe turbulence. Everyone tells you that turbulence won't pull a plane down, but apparently it did in this story. No, I I think it can. They just tell you that. Yeah, so severe turbulence. The plane clipped a mountain on its way. Clip a mountain? I have no idea. <laughs> and real fear in her voice just then, guys. <laughs> it plunged into the jungle on its way to Na Trang. Annette was traveling with her fiance, who she describes in the episode as her absolute soulmate. They'd just moved to Vietnam together. The plane plunges into the jungle and kills everyone on board except her. She wakes up in darkness with a chair filled with a dead body on top of her and had to survive for eight days in the wreckage. It's kind of like a monologue, this podcast. She's just telling the story. Like I was just gripped the whole time. She describes those eight days waiting for rescuers to come and find her. And I just cannot believe that it took that long. When was this? Like how long ago did this happen? Uh, I can't remember the year. It was, it was a long time ago, like 30 years ago. Oh, okay. She had no food, no water. She must've fallen into a delirium because she has this part of the podcast where she talks about, letting go of all her anxieties and all her fears. She'd just been stopping herself thinking about her fiancé because she knew that if she started to think about him, she would start crying and she couldn't cry because she didn't have any water. (laughs) So she was going to, like, be more dehydrated. So she just, like, compartmentalised that. And then she started falling into this delirium. I think when they they found her, she had gangrene on her legs. She was, like, severely injured. But she just 
found this amazing inner peace about the situation and was describing the jungle around her as absolutely beautiful to the point where when they did arrive she didn't want to leave like oh she God. had just had this spiritual moment which had taken over her whole body it's an such an incredible story yeah it sounds like a horror film yeah oh it was an incredible episode i really recommend it extremes podcast by vice australia that episode is called how it feels to survive a plane crash and next batch of severe turbulence <laughs> My knuckles are going to be white. Well, the good thing is apparently you're going to find inner peace. Yeah, true. <laughs> before imminent death. Once the gangrene sets yeah. in. Delirium. What about you? What have you been reading? Okay, so the book I wanted to recommend this week, which I'm only halfway through, but I think it's going to be one of the most talked about books of the year, is Three Women by Lisa Tadeo. So I actually got given a proof of this by a friend, Brie, in London, but it's actually been published now. So it's published in the US, the UK, Australia. So you should be able to get it anywhere you buy your books. So today I spent, I think, eight years writing this. So it's nonfiction. She essentially like lived with these three different women, as the name suggests. So it's all this like big exploration of women's desire and sexuality and like what it means to want. And, and it's nonfiction. So it's like deeply reported. She like oh, wow. read all their text messages, read emails. Oh, wow. And, like spend all this time with them. So it It's follows, set in today's time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Some of the things that happened kind of were in the past, but it's current obviously been occurring over an eight year period but a contemporary period um so it follows these three women who are called maggie lena and sloan maggie is 23 at the time in the book but she had an affair with her english teacher when she was 17 and then when she sees him get named teacher of the year she decides to report him so it's like seven years later and it's about like the fallout and her, like she talks about the experience wow. and like all these things. And then Lena, who is married and is in a monogamous relationship, but it's essentially like completely sexless. Like he won't even kiss her. They go to marriage counseling and her marriage counselor agrees with her husband and was like, some people just don't like the feeling of a tongue in their mouth. You should just get used to him not kissing you. And like all she wants to do is make, like she's like, I just miss kissing. Like I just want him to kiss me. And he won't even, it's like, so she ends up separating and then like having an affair with her high school boyfriend. Like, I'm not giving anything away. This all happens pretty quickly. And then Sloane, who's a woman in her, I think, 40s and is, like, very accomplished and, like, very beautiful, but her husband gets off on watching her sleep with other men and women that he's chosen for her to sleep with, either in the room or, like, she goes and then records it and gives it to her. So it's, like, his particular fetish. Um, So I'm only about halfway through it. There are definitely some criticisms to be made. Like, all the women are white and middle to upper class. Like, it's pretty straight. Like, apart from Sloane, who occasionally sleeps with women and I think would consider herself bisexual, like, it's pretty straight. So it's not the most diverse representation of women and their desires and things, but... It's pretty interesting. It's very compelling. It's making me very uncomfortable at times. Like some of the descriptions of like Maggie when she's 17 and talking about her relationship with her teacher and that power dynamic. And But I've never read anything like it. I've seen a lot of people chatting about it. So I think it's going to be like one of the big books of the year. Cool. So what have you bought this week? So I'm really leaning into the tie-dye trend. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Which is a trend that's been hanging around my peripheral for a couple of months now. And this is one of those trends that I feel is fun because you don't need to go like all out. Like you're not changing your whole wardrobe to suit a certain silhouette or anything. It's just one fun piece that can be really cheap, like a tie-dye t-shirt. But the annoying thing is I bought this t-shirt. I bought two actually in different shades. Yes. (laughs) One is like a... 
a kind of lavender bluey tie-dye and one is a kind of buttery yellow orange one yeah great colors yeah good colors i bought them from inku and they're inku's in-house brand inku collection which they're actually nailing these days i haven't actually ever checked that out yeah they make some just basics like really simple cut t-shirts a few knits a few shirts pants tie-dye items for all your (laughs) tie-dye needs all your (laughs) tie-dye needs and I bought it and I was like, oh, you fully used to own this exact thing <laughs> like 10 years ago. So maybe 15 years ago. I think I even tied out it myself and it looked exactly the same. Really, there are items I'm, I haven't purchased, but I've seen. I was like, oh, I should have kept, kept them. And that, my friend, is making me feel very old. I know. Like, time is a flat circle, everyone. It's so fun though. Tie-dye is awesome. I'm like it's really like into it. It's the lava lamp of prints. <laughs> it's the lava lamp of prints. It is. It's very unexpected. Like when you wear it, people are like, oh, tie-dye. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I have enjoyed seeing you wear them with your white pants. I feel like the rest of your outfit is really basic. And then you have one just like statement piece. I'm into it. Someone commented to me the other day. I was like, I think I'm starting to look like a weird painter in these like baggy white pants that I'm wearing and my cons, my white cons. She was like, no, I think it's more of like a Diane Keaton look. What a compliment. And I was like, that's all my dreams come true. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm going for. If Diane Keaton wore tie-dye. <laughs> that's, that's my current vibe. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure people are going to be cottoning on any second. With and you know, everywhere. It's a transitory phase for me right now, Sophie. Let me experiment. <laughs> oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving the Diane Keaton <laughs> does a lot of acid look that you're working with. And me I'm too. all for it. Okay, so. Which character are you emulating? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this ties into what I was saying at the beginning of this episode about like feeling like a teenager again. When I was traveling, I kept just getting frustrated with my phone and like I've been using my notes app as a bit of a journal for the last year or so. And it's been fine, but I just kind of like, just hate staring at the screen. I wanted to like write a list of things I wanted to do in Copenhagen and I just didn't want to write it on my phone. I wanted more space and room. And then when I was in London, my friend Elsa was like, oh, meet me at this little shop in Clerkenwell and then we'll go from there. And it's a shop called Present and Correct, which is a great name. That is the best name. So good, right? And it's owned by a couple of graphic designers and they say that they go on sourcing trips around four times a year um, and they find vintage gems and also like modern stationery from all these European countries that they import and bring back. But I got this sort of a soft cover grid journal. I think it's Italian and it's got this great mint green, orangey, pink, Czech cover and I really like the grid interior I think because for work we often use grid paper and I've just gotten used to using it so mathematical grid I know but then you can like go crazy all over ignore the grid I like having the grid and then ignoring the grid I just wanted something that was looser and messier and gave me a bit of room to just write whatever I want and lay it out however I want I was a teenager who had a lot of feelings I wrote a lot of terrible poetry shout out to all my friends from high school who got letters including that terrible poetry on the weekend I Before I did my moody walk staring into the ocean, I went to a cafe near my house and got a coffee and some breakfast and just sat and kind of wrote on and off 
for like an hour or so and it was just really kind of cathartic to just get it out of my head and to not be staring at a screen though two realizations I rely on autocorrect a lot more than I realized I did <laughs> because when I reread it I used the wrong version of there multiple times and hated myself for it shocking shocking horrifying and then the other thing that I realized is I've really got to work on my arm strength because my hand really cramped after a while it's definitely a muscle riding yeah. with a pen anyway it's a new a new practice for me as, I love that as they say and yeah so if you're in London present and correct is in Clerkenwell and it's definitely worth dropping in and visiting but if you're not in London they have a great online store that we'll link to if you're a stationary nerd like me it's literally heaven I mean a lot of it's just like random paraphernalia that you probably don't need like you buy because it's pretty and then you don't use good presents great presents but yeah really good pens and pencils great notebooks yeah, it's cool, super cool like, I spend a lot of time stuff. on that website yeah it's great. So we'll link to that. And yeah, tell us about your feelings. Do you have journals? Did you write poetry as a teenager? Share your best poems. I might dig one up. I won't because it's so so humiliating. I'll have to die. Friends of Sophie, dig those things up. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> dig don't them do up. It. Don't do it. Do it. No. Okay. What time is it now? Time for the fast five. Fast five. Fast five. five. <laughs> okay. My first one isn't really a thing. It's It's an act. Okay. Long have I flirted with the idea of a book club. I've talked about it in circles with Haven't a lot of friends. Yep. A lot of us have. Like, we should we should totally start a book club. Oh my God, that'll be so fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Never happens. I finally went to something else, which is way better. It's called a book swap. I like this. Low stakes. Okay, and I've suddenly figured out that a book swap is way better than a book club because A, no pressure to like power read something that someone else told you how to read and you have to like get it done by a certain date yeah you just have to bring a book that you really enjoyed and want to pass on to someone else to enjoy and we love to share a book we love it <laughs> it's like highly enthused but in real life <laughs> we found it and so it works that everyone brings a book you can bring multiple books mm. You just put them all out on the table and then you go around and you just talk about your book and why you brought it and why you liked it and why you think someone should read it. And so you go around the circle and I actually didn't know a lot of the people in this group and just had the best time and absolutely loved it. And then it's kind of like a snatch and grab at the end. <laughs> what if no one takes your book? I know. That was a serious fear of mine. I was like, oh shit, what if no one takes it? And you're just like watching it, watching it, watching it. And then someone was like, I'm going to try this one. And I was like, oh thank God. God. God, I think that's why you're being multiple, so you yeah. like spread out your risk. Yeah, God. <laughs> I would be like, I am gonna maybe cry if no one wants <laughs> yeah. to read what I recommend. <laughs> so, the book I picked up was Hot Little Hands by Abigail Ullman. It's a series of short fictional stories about young women in kind of sometimes creepy circumstances of yeah. coming of age and kind of finding their way in the world with sexuality and with their relationships with their family and with friends. Sneaking another recommendation in. <laughs> Nicely done there. Getting you back. <laughs> Work for me. I'm only going to say one more sentence about it. If you liked Cat Person mm. by Kristen Rupinian on The New Yorker, this is basically like an extended version of that broken into mm. little short stories. Mm. The second one is an amazing little restaurant that we we actually didn't find it. I feel like this has got a lot of shout outs this episode, but our friends in Melbourne, Zach and M, it was their favorite neighborhood Italian restaurant in the suburb called North Fitzroy. And it's called Pinotta. And it's just this really low key, absolutely gorgeous room that I just want my house to look like. Mm, I love those restaurants. Floor to ceiling windows, gorgeous tiles, really cool bar cart with interesting stuff on it. Italian, really good pasta. We had this 
squid ink tagliolini with a sea urchin custard at the bottom. Oh, Oh, so good. Salted caramel ice cream parfait sandwich thing just drizzled in salted caramel. It was heaven. We just ate and now I'm hungry again. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it's particularly like on everyone's radar. Like it's not one of those really trendy places. No, it's just like a killer neighborhood place that... If this was in my suburb, I would eat there every second night. That's Pinota in North Fitzroy. Okay, the next one is a freaking awesome recommendation. Are you ready? I am ready. I already know what this one is and I'm excited to talk about it. I know. I think this is done the rounds on the internet as well, but it's an article called The Time I Went on a Lesbian Cruise and It Blew Up My Entire Life by Shannon Keating for BuzzFeed News. What a title. Tells you everything you need. (laughs) It was just so good. It's an assignment that Shannon was sent on to cover a lesbian cruise taking on the Caribbean for a week. She starts out super skeptical of the whole thing. She's like, cruises, ugh, like... This yeah. is going to be hell. I can't wait to write about how crap this is. Which is also like the p- kind of part of the story because they're like, we really struggle to attract the millennials. Like, yeah. We need to get more millennials on this. Exactly. She's there to get the millennials interested in this. And then she leaves little crumb trails for you throughout the article. Like, but I didn't expect this to happen. Mm. I didn't expect this to happen. And so you're like, oh God, what's happening? Like you just yeah. keep reading and follow this crumb trail signaling that things are about to like hit the fan oh just all this crazy shit happens on this cruise and it really does blow up her entire life immediately after reading this article like found the author on instagram i wanted to stalk her i was like oh yeah to know what's happened like did she won't spoil like did she do the thing she says she's gonna do like does she like i was just obsessed i can't wait to watch the movie (laughs) one day (laughs) like there's got to be a movie about this story you get to the end and you're like oh my god that was epic because you really don't expect it to go where it goes but it is fantastic it's amazing so that is the time i went on a lesbian cruise and it blew up my entire life by shannon keating for buzzfeed and we'll put the link in our newsletter which oh my god we haven't mentioned till now guys had you forgotten we had one because it's been a whole episode (laughs) sign up on our instagram (laughs) the next one is a bit of a random one uh it's called the spurtle (laughs) (laughs) and what is the spurtle and it's a gift that i gave my sister maddie for her birthday last year because she's obsessed with porridge and it's a long scottish kitchen tool with a curved bottom and it's for stirring porridge i've just been giggling since you started describing that i don't know why (laughs) it dates to the 15th century and it's used to stir porridges soups stews and broths it makes sure no lumps formed. The curved bottom kind of mimics the curve of the bottom of the pot. And so you catch all those bits that a wooden spoon just like wouldn't get. And the low surface area allegedly reduces the chances of porridge sticking to it. Maddie says, it makes you feel like you walked into the big old kitchen on the set of Outlander and takes up zero space in your drawer. Well, what a recommendation. <laughs> if I liked porridge, maybe I would get one. I got it from... Uh, this really funny online store called Wild Wooden Creations on Etsy. It's made from Tasmanian hue and pine, so you know it'll last the ages. <laughs> Maybe into like the 25th century. Yeah. <laughs> there won't be a 25th century. It's very random. She loves it. It's a gift for someone who has everything and who really <laughs> likes porridge. The spurtle. <laughs> My final recommendation is long awaited i ordered this thing and it took like months to arrive and i think it got lost so i i asked them to send me another one and it finally came it is turmeric by diaspora co 
Guys, this took so long that Sophie has been talking about this since before we started this podcast. We have been discussing this for seven months. It's been on our show notes for this whole time. This whole whole time. time. And it's finally here and it was worth the wait. So turmeric, you think? I've got a jar of that in my... Dusty jar in the back of my cupboard. Doesn't taste like much. It smells like dust. It makes my fingers yellow. That's about all. So this company is female run and operated out of the States. And sets out to radically disrupt the kind of huge exploitation of the Indian spice trade, which I didn't really know um, was in need of disruption. The spice farmers get next to nothing. Apparently they only get like 2% of the revenue for their spice product because there are so many middlemen between the farmer and the end customer that they get absolutely nothing. You know, this whole farm to plate thing is like everyone knows where they get the tomatoes from. Everyone knows where they get their oats for their porridge from. No one knows where they get the spice from. It's just made in India, like a a catch-all, but no one actually looks into it. But Sana Jarevi Kadri, who was raised in Mumbai, goes direct to single-origin organic farms who grow Pragati turmeric, and that's an heirloom varietal with a high cursamen content. Because there's no middleman, um, she goes direct to farmers. The farmers then get six times what they traditionally get for their product, and okay, I've been waiting for this so long. I was like, please be worth it. Please be worth it. Please be worth it. And I opened the jar and it's this incredible gold color. Like it's almost a dark orange rather than that sunshine yellow. It's just rich as. Opened the jar and it was like, so fragrant it blew my mind away you smelt it, it was i did just... i was like oh yeah good it does smell like it was worth the wait thank god <laughs> thank god thank god so that is turmeric by diaspora co you can buy it on her website and she's just started a kickstarter for cardamom so oh. she's yeah she's expanding into different spices and if the cardamom is anything like a turmeric it'll be worth it Okay. What about you? Fast five. Fast five. The first one is something that was recommended to us by one of our listeners, delivered to me by our UK correspondent, Anna Kinsler, which is the peanut rayu. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. Okay. Well, I'll give you a spoonful of it before you leave today. It is delicious. This is useless to most of our listeners because it is literally only available in Ireland. I had to have it. A friend, Anna, was in Ireland, bought a jar, delivered it to me by hand in London. We are attempting to get it shipped to Australia. We don't know if it's going to work. Yes, Morgan, you sent us a bottle. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. (laughs) Wait, this is the condiment that after our condiments episode, someone said it had taken Ireland by storm. I know, and I just loved that idea. So it is for people playing along at home who haven't tried it has peanuts, sesame, honey, crispy garlic, your favorite, Korean chili flakes, salt, tamari, and sunflower oil. I am determined to recreate it at home. I believe I am capable of it. You can literally see all the ingredients in the jar. I'm not going to try and take over White Maosu, which is the name of the company's like area, but I want to be able to recreate it for when I'm done because it's delicious. I've made like soba noodle salad bowl with it. Um, apparently it's really great on roasted veggies. I'm going to try oh, it yeah. next. And then on eggs. And delicious. on like a soup. Like yeah, a drizzled noodle on top of a soup. soup. Yeah, on avocado toast. Back to our toast episode. So that's Peanut Rayu. If you're in Ireland, you probably already know about it. This recommendation is useless. If you're not in Ireland, but you're going there, well, you can enjoy it. Please. Don't you just love something that you just absolutely cannot get in your country? It's such a rare occurrence these days. Yeah. If anyone has sort of heard of it and has successfully recreated it at home with the recipe, please send it to me. Please. Okay. The second thing, I got gifted fancy Japanese sandalwood incense from my friend Elsa, who is in Japan. I finally crossed over to the fancy incense I know, and I now I'm like, oh, I get it. 
I get it. So this is the one that's coreless, so it doesn't have like the wooden stick and like coated in the powder. It's just the whole thing is the powder. And it's this really lovely sandalwood scent and it makes my house smell like I'm living inside a fancy boutique in the best way. Where do you get it? Um, I have no idea. She got it from a fancy instant shop in Kyoto. I will try and find a version of it online for you guys all. Well, Maison Balzac has just come out with some incense. So many people have sent it to me and I'm like, I can't afford that right now, guys. I can get the gift, but I can't afford it. Anyway, I'm here to tell you, apparently your life is better if you up the quality of your incense. We game. knew it would be true, but we hadn't be. tried it until now. Number three. God, this is all just things you can't get in Australia, but I'm just hoping people will direct me. So I became obsessed when I was in Copenhagen with this pastry. I'm going to butcher the name. Taburks? Taburks? Yeah, looking at this name, I'm like, how are you going to say this? I, every time I'd be in the Taburkes. and I'd be like, please say the name for me. It's T-E-B-I-R-K-E-S. It is a Danish poppy seed pastry. Please, if anyone knows where you can get these, Sydney, Melbourne, anywhere, tell me. I don't understand how we haven't imported them or like recreated them because they're the greatest thing I've ever eaten and Australians love to go overseas and bring things back and I feel like Brickfield should do this there are so many people making shitty tacos why is no one trying to make these pastries balloon in Melbourne can they do that life-changing Sophie I had a religious epiphany they look like pain au chocolat like they're that shape but they're just sprinkled in like a dusting of black poppy seeds. The best one I had was from this bakery called Broad. The poppy seeds had like, I'm getting excited as I talk about it. (laughs) The poppy seeds had like slit down the side and caramelized at the bottom. So there's like a crunchy, almost praline attached to the bottom of this. And you look at it and you're like, it looks kind of bland. It doesn't look that exciting. And I bit into this pastry and it was so buttery and so flaky <laughs> so buttery it was so like it glistened <laughs> it glistened and it was so flaky and it was just slightly sweet and it's got all the savoriness of the salted butter i'm actually getting sad now because i cannot <laughs> eat them if you go to Copenhagen, eat 10 for me i didn't have enough i discovered them too late so this is taburkas if you are in australia and you know where to get them or you can make them deliver them to me i will pay you i'll pay you so much money for them yeah i want to eat that it's so good i don't know why they're not here someone make okay someone will make this happen manifest it okay i'm manifesting okay (laughs) tonal shift once again fourth number is an app it's called the dream lab app kind of close to my heart it is actually run by vodafone labs it's the uh, or the vodafone foundation rather um which is the non-profit arm of vodafone australia And basically what it is, is you open it up at night and you tap start computing and it uses, while your phone is plugged in and connected to the the internet, but it uses the CPU of your mobile device to crunch data and computations for cancer research. A lot of cancer research at the moment is into the genome, into genetics. So looking for genetic markers that indicate a likelihood or a propensity towards developing a type of cancer. So there's some famous ones like BRCA, which is known to cause um, breast cancer in an ovarian cancer in women. Mm-hmm. But there's there's potentially millions of them. But one genome apparently is like a terabyte of data to crunch so it's just literally so much processing power and that's really expensive so it's like crowdsourced power it's crowdsourced processing power can you choose what your power goes to yeah so they have a bunch of different projects you can choose to fuel i think at any one time they've only got about two at the moment i understand that they're trying to expand and expand into different markets but they've like completely finished one project and you just literally you have to remember to turn it on at night and leave your phone on but they have instructions it's really easy it's just while your phone's charging and yeah crunches it while you sleep 
So Sweet. it's pretty cool. And then my last recommendation is something I literally watched last night. I opened up Netflix on my computer and I saw this movie that I've actually really wanted to watch for a really long time, but had just never missed it in the cinemas and just never gotten around to watching it. It was called 20th Century Women. It's directed by Mike Mills, who directed Beginners. Oh, yeah. It's his most recent film. He might have done another one, but it came out in 2016. It stars Annette Bening and Greta Gerwig and Elle Fanning. And oh, there is... Greta and Elle in the one film? And, yeah, but Annette Bening is the star. She is revelatory. It's amazing. So it's ostensibly a bit semi-autobiographical about Mike's like childhood there is like a teenage boy character and Annette Benning is his mum and she was a bit older when she had him so it's set in the late 70s and the focus is really on these three female characters who are kind of surrounding this young man as he's kind of coming of age it's kind of really thoughtful and sort of sweet and a bit spiky and weird and Annette Benning's character um, Dorothea is amazing and there's a narration that kind of zooms into the future and back into the past so you kind of get this kind of meta-narrative of their lives it's just really lovely oh, love a movie recommendation that I don't have to find somewhere really obscure yeah no just right there just on Netflix so that's it that was not fast once again we have failed we did it we but failed we at being fast <laughs> thank you for following highly enthused please DM us on Instagram at highly enthused sign up to our newsletter we're not putting any information in the show notes so if you want to know any of these lengthy recommendations and there was a lot of them this week sign up at highly enthused substack.com and all the links will be waiting for you there on Friday morning at 8am promptly promptly <laughs> we schedule it it's ready to go we are also really loving all the reviews you guys have left on iTunes we haven't looked at it for a while there's all these lovely reviews except for the one four star review oh god you make Just us fuck sad. off fuck off five stars or don't bother <laughs> oh my god okay that was really unnecessarily aggressive I take it back but please if people are going... welcome to their opinions but they're not no but please keep leaving reviews and ratings it not only makes us extremely happy but helps other people find us yeah and don't you want everyone to have access to the high quality enthusiastic content we provide you with every week <laughs> speaking of every week we'll see you next week we will see you later bye bye, bye.